Good morning. I'm going to say a few words this morning about the uh, indictment of President Trump yesterday. It's been a while since my last podcast. I'm sorry for my absence. I thank all of you for your constant support and involvement in my other work and projects. The indictment of President Trump yesterday at a Manhattan courthouse has drawn literally gallons of print ink and miles of video and media commentary. So this is one of the reasons I've been reluctant to speak on the matter. With so much said by important, thoughtful, and knowledgeable people, it's a bit intimidating or even feels like hubris to imagine you have something that also must be said on the matter. On the other hand, what happened yesterday is world historical. Everything has changed as a result of yesterday's indictment. And with that, there's an element of feeling that it would be irresponsible not to speak publicly in the face of a time, such a moment. The facts of the case are pretty much known. District Attorney Alvin Bragg successfully moved an impaneled grand jury to proceed with indicting President Trump on 34 counts of fraudulently falsifying New York business records to conceal crimes. Ordinarily, the charges falsifying business records is a misdemeanor, but Alvin Bragg, by adding to conceal other crimes, has elevated them to felonies and has successfully prosecuted the case where a grand jury decided there is sufficient evidence to move forward with the case. A grand jury is between 16 and 23 people whose job it is to determine if there is sufficient evidence to formally accuse someone of a crime. And they did. The actual events of the day yesterday was that in a criminal court in southern uh, uh, New Manhattan Island, Attorney General Bragg uh, arraigned and arrested former President of the United States based on the grand jury decision. And uh, President Trump arrived on time with his lawyers and sat to listen to the indictment being unsealed and read publicly for the first time. Of course, the, indict the details of the indictment were leaked illegally out of Bragg's office last week to the uh, inveterate Trump-hating journalist Michael Isakoff a week prior. That is definitely a felony crime. No one argues with that, uh, leaking a sealed indictment. And there have been calls for Bragg to indict himself and, um, and resign. But this is, this is not the point. This is secondary. This is, this is the fight. I'm speaking about something else this morning. Uh, after the hearing, less it lasted, less, lasted less than an hour, Trump listens to the indictment, pleads not guilty to all 34 counts, leaves the courthouse, flies home, gives a speech later that evening at Mar-a-Lago Estate. The content of his speech was to go through all the, the history of efforts to destroy him, beginning with planting spies in his campaign, uh, the, uh, the false accusation of the Russia collusion hoax, which, which failed under the leadership of uh, special counsel Mueller. Uh, he goes through all the various many uh, attacks on him, including 21 armed FBI agents, uh, 
um, forcing their way into his house while him and his family were not there, ransack his house, go through stuff uh, in search of documents, and finally arrives at the process by which Bragg arrived at his uh, indictment. So that was his speech last night. President Trump is an unusual political figure insofar as what he arouses in people is either extreme love, adoration, support, admiration, uh, respect, or extreme disdain and disregard. Uh, this is known as a divisive figure. Um, the other, the other uh, aspect about what's going on in our time is that, oh, the American politics, in part due to the extreme amount of wealth and power involved, is one of the most deadly and vicious arenas of political uh, battle in the world, in history. America has survived this despite, uh, in large part, due to God-inspired genius of its design at the time of its founding. With so much at stake, it is borderline miraculous that the United States has retained a patriotic unity that transcends parties of extreme difference. And as a result, this country has continued to grow and improve throughout all the time of its ups and downs. The breakdown of this transcendent American unity, this shared sense of wanting the best for our country, that was able to hold in conversation parties of extreme ideological difference with massive amounts of wealth and power at stake has, has been in steep decline since the 1960s or the period after the Second World War. There's a lot to say about this, but uh, which takes a lot of analysis and a lot of commentary. But the point is that we have come to a situation that is so intensely divided that we're in danger of losing our country. We're in danger of losing our shared love of country as Americans, despite differences. Add to, add to this tragic, to this tragedy, the intense split in the reactions to the person of Trump, such great love on one side, such great disdain on the other, that we are standing in a moment of a perfect storm. We are in a perfect storm. And that's the point of what I want to talk about this morning. Let us accept honestly what the depth and intensity of the divisions that threaten our country right now. We could lose our country. And let us accept honestly, for good or for bad, that President Trump is a divisive individual. The, this extreme divisiveness results from, depends on who you talk to. From the one side, it's due to his weaknesses and shortcomings. From the other side, it's due to the historical magnitude his courage and his virtue. These are what the two sides hold. The, the side that dislikes him, I don't know if I've ever heard from any of uh, my many friends in, the, in this camp, anything good about him. I don't know if I've ever heard anything good about him. Almost all the people madly in love with uh, President Trump all admit his, their sides of him that could be better. That's just a difference in style, I guess. When we look, we should look at yesterday's indictment in the context of this reality, that we are on the brink of an ir ir irreversible 
irreparable breakdown in our country. And then if that is the case, then the question is, is a criminal indictment of former presidents of the United States a healthy, healthy and good thing for the future of our country? Think of your favorite living president. Would you like to see that person criminally indicted? Do you think that America being a country that has criminals as its former leaders is good for the state of our country? Is it, and then more extremely than that, is it good for America to have presidents made into criminals based on a matter of bookkeeping, a bookkeeping matter, matter of misdemeanors elevated to felonies? And if you, depending on who you are, uh, very tenuously so. Do we believe that have indicting our leaders will help make our country better, healthier, stronger, more stable in the long run? For those who truly feel that President Trump is a person of significant harm to the things we hold dear, I imagine it may be considered perfectly legitimate, even virtuous, to attempt to incapacitate him and destroy him and his political aspirations by any means necessary. I'm guessing. Even, even so, I would still ask those people who are strongest in this sense that this is good to pause for a moment and look at matters primarily from the long-term health of our country as we hope for the chance to keep going and to be strong and good through difficult times together and to be helpful to the world in better times. There are many countries in the world that automatically destroy and imprison former leaders almost immediately upon change of administrations. These countries are brutal, unstable, utterly incapable of proceeding and progressing for the positive welfare of their people. Is this something that the United States wants to emulate, wants to import? The United States of America has managed to retain a shared sense of country and purpose that, have, that has kept us above this primitive and low-grade political violence and political culture. I beg us all to try to find what is sacrosanct about being an American and what provides the greatest hope for ourselves and for our children. And to look for ways to position ourselves vis-a-vis -vis what is going on now to envision how to recreate dignity, honor, and maturity such that we would never allow the intensity of personal or political feelings to involve us in any activity that threatens the promise and beauty and ongoing uh, growth of the United States of America. Thanks a lot for listening. Speak to you again soon.